Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today's guest is Dr. Paula Gilbart-Sauer, the founder and CEO of Vivid Motion AI. Paula brings over 20 years experience working with the human body and movement as a physical therapist and an educator in the fitness space. She's created, operated, and sold her successful practice in Los Angeles, California in 2020. Also, Paula has authored and produced an extensive therapeutics training program for both online and in-person training and has lectured worldwide on the topics of anatomy, kinesiology, therapeutics, and injury prevention. Now, she and her team at Vivid Motion are merging artificial intelligence, machine learning, and motion capture technology with sports medicine, fitness, and injury prevention. Welcome, Paula. Welcome. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, thank you for coming on. So let's go ahead and get started. Can you share with us a little background on yourself and how you got to where you are today? Yes, um, so my journey starts back in, in the fitness and wellness and physical therapy injury prevention space. It goes back to 9-11, if you can believe that. So it goes back quite a bit. Um, I was working in the dot-com industry. I was a project manager in digital marketing space. And I had a degree from uh, University of California, Santa Barbara in biology that I wasn't using. And then 9-11 happened and I had an existential crisis of what am I doing with my life? I'm not helping people. I really felt compelled to radically shift what it was that I was doing Um because I really felt this draw to help people and use my science background and go into the healthcare industry, which was my original intent when I started my studies uh, as an undergrad. And I, I changed everything. I left that whole industry and gave up the salary, gave up everything and went back to school and started um, doing all my prerequisite work, started working with the human body, started learning a lot more about fitness and, and pursued my doctorate degree in physical therapy. And once I left physical therapy school, it's interesting because we were supposed to be movement experts. And when you finish a graduate program like that, you are an expert in a lot of ways, but you also have like this imposter syndrome where you're like, oh, I don't know anything. And I, I felt like I really needed to go above and beyond and truly believe and know that I was a movement expert. So I started studying Pilates and yoga and red cord, which is a Norwegian technique and also movement method. Um, uh, Coraline, I started doing all sorts of different manual studies. I learned blood flow restriction therapy, Graston technique, FRC, which is functional range conditioning. I started learning all these different things and putting all of this stuff together and uh, eventually started my own practice and had a very successful cash-based clinic in Los Angeles that I ended up selling in the middle of the pandemic. And it was the pandemic that really got um, got my co-founder and I thinking about uh, what it is that we could do to solve some problems. We were sitting, we're sitting having breakfast and we're both in lockdown together. And he's this mathematical genius engineer and 
you put an engineer and computer science guy who is all into coordinate systems and where people are in a 3D space and you put a movement expert such as myself together in a lockdown and and then we created our company together, which is Vivid Motion. So that's kind of this long um, 20 year, 20 plus year journey to get to where I'm at today. But uh, I think everything, including my previous experience in the digital space, all of it has really just come together in, into what my career is now. Which is, it's pretty exciting to see all of those pieces come together as well. So yeah. What a journey, yeah. my goodness. You know, after hearing it, because I've, I've obviously you and I have connected about your past before, but what's so interesting to you is the fact that you took some intentional time um, to be able to better understand different philosophies, different ways of thinking, different ways of seeing, right? Yes. And one of the really particularly interesting things that you had mentioned to me is in your specific line of work, especially during your own practice with Align, you would have a patient that comes up to you and just by looking at them for the first time, you knew exactly what to do, right? Yeah. And that's so incredibly powerful. So I'd love to understand, you know, thinking along those lines of your experience with your practice, I believe it was creating more of this contemporary version of wellness and then truly designing and delivering more of this integrative health solution to provide a better experience for your patients. Is that is that right? Am I, am I thinking about that correctly? Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, so really what, what, um, what I discovered uh, besides training my eye and, and training your eye professionally comes with time, but it also comes with passion and interest and just kind of being obsessed. And, and I became obsessed with the human body and studying it and then teaching others about it. I, I, you know, I teach anatomy and kinesiology, injury prevention to the entire yoga community and yoga teachers and other physical therapists. So like I'm totally obsessed with this stuff and biomechanics and how things move. And I, I, I think I, I'm an outlier in terms of how obsessed I am, but also taking all of these elements of like how, how people move and, oh, you, you got injured in a bar class. Okay, let me go take that bar class and let me, let me just rip it apart in my head and see how people could get injured here. And I, I really became very interested in everything out there, even stuff that I wasn't trained in, just so I knew what to talk about and how to look at it from a problem solving perspective, but also how to address it from a movement and movement science perspective. Now we take that and we look at modern medicine and we look at uh, how really traditional physical therapy practices and really the, the medical model in the United States is, it's in, inherently flawed, right? So we have all these incredibly trained medical practitioners. I have a doctorate degree. I have years and hours of experience and all this additional training. Yet, really, if I worked in a traditional clinic, it would be, hey, Paula, you come to work, you clock in, you see, you know, two to four patients in an hour, and you hand it off to somebody who is an aide, and they're doing the exercise with the patient at a certain level, but they're not doing it with the expertise of my eyes and my brain or my other colleagues. And I'm, I'm not the only one that's, that has these eyes, right? There's, there's a lot of us out there, but when we look at those traditional models, I, I'm really not allowed to look at the whole body. 
the insurance company gets really upset. So everything's dictated by insurance and reimbursement and uh, making quotas and numbers and not about the person in front of me. How do I help this person? How do I actually solve the source of the issue that's wrong with them? And that to me is where the meat is. And that became so important to me that when I did open my clinic, that was the focus. I didn't take insurance. I was very transparent. You get an hour with me. We're going to look at you. We're going to really solve. But it was an it was an agreement, right? It was, hey, I want you to do the homework too. You've got homework to do. So you have to make a commitment and you've got to do the work and then I will do the work as well and we will fix this so you can heal from within. And the ownership of that healing, right? The ownership of the healing isn't with the healthcare practitioner. It isn't with the doctor. We're the coach. We're the guide. We, we can write prescriptions and we can tell you what to do. That the true healing comes from within. And that is true wellness for me. That's true integrated approach. It's taking and pulling from everything and going, what does the individual need? What does that personalization really look like? And that's the key, personalization and commitment, right? Mm, There's a lot to be said here. And what's interesting is that you really talk about like the whole human, right? And I think one of the really kind of like particular things that are kind of particularly curious things that are we're all dealing with today is trying to define what health and wellness means to us. And the pandemic definitely created its its kind of like own definitions of health and wellness now at this point. So along those lines, you know, thinking about how many years it took for you to be able to train your eye, right? And thinking about the practice methodology that you instilled into your team members, right? Your employees who are also treating patients. How has the pandemic in your perspective affected movement and and human performance and human well-being in in its whole? Uh, That's a great question. So there are, there's a couple ways to look at this. I, I think, first of all, Let's all go back to the beginning of the pandemic. Let's go back to early part of 2020 when we're all locked down and stuck at home and completely out of our routine. A couple things happened, right? So number one, people became um, uh, stuck at home and stuck on Zoom calls and 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 this forced timeout uh, in terms of like being able to move around, even in an office space, right? So if you worked in a traditional office, you could get up, you could move around, you could walk around. No, you had to sit in front of your desk with a zoom, uh, or Google meets or whatever technology you had on your computer that your company or, or your, uh, cohorts were, were using and you, and you're sedentary and you're stuck. And then compound that with like, if you're a parent, and your kid is also stuck at home and they're on Zoom calls and then you're expected to kind of supplement what the teacher's doing. You're completely taken out of what's normal for you and thrown into this massive kind of like global experiment, right? Of uh, what happens when, when we radically are all caged in effect, right? For me, I, I'm such a movement junkie and I, I, you know, I was boxing, I was doing yoga, I was doing Muay Thai, I was cycling, I was just outdoors doing stuff. So I could still go outdoors and go cycling or go running. Um, I brought my gym home and turned my garage into a gym and, and 
we as a family would work out together and we would, um, you know, I, I brought my, I had a Peloton at my office. I brought it home. I brought everything home and I, I just worked at it home, but that's me. So, and that happened to a certain percentage of people. They're like, you know, what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to work out at home. And then you saw this, right? You see the market trends that happened. You see a lot of people started signing up for digital streaming content. So there was like this massive spike. You saw uh, things selling out like gym equipment. You couldn't even get hand weights on eBay. Like everything sold out everywhere. If you had a TheraBand or like a, an elastic resistant band, people were calling me, do you have this? Oh, Paula, are you selling anything? I'm like, I'm out. Like the stuff I have is mine and I'm sorry. <laughs> it, was like, it was so, it's such a weird kind of apocalyptic gym experience, right? For some of us. And then all of these connected devices, right? The Pelotons, the mirrors, the tonals, the, all of these companies, like think about mirror mirror was like this tiny company and it just hit right at the right time with the pandemic. It just became this overnight sensation and same with Peloton. But if we look at what happened over time, we see the same problem that we see with gyms and streaming content. And we see a retention issue. We see an attention issue. We see the spike and we see this drop and something's still missing there, right? This is like the holy grail that at least my company's searching for, right? We're trying to solve this problem of like, how do you get the stickiness to get people there and stay there? And, and, and I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen as things evolve even more. And what we're seeing is certain people didn't move as much. Some people tried to move more and some people developed all these new habits. But now we see brick and mortar stuff. It's going to start opening back up. It, you know, we, we may or may not see additional waves happening with COVID. We don't know. None of us can predict that, right? What we do know is that when things open up, people want to go back. But they don't go back at the same level. And they do stick with some of the stuff at home. So I think we're going to see a hybrid thing emerge out of all of this. That's what I'm predicting here. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's a really wonderful thing about it too is – I remember when we were all laughing, like, oh, no, like, there's no way that digital is going to stay. The second that COVID is done, everybody's just going to go back into the gym. And time and time again, the days keep going by where every single time we're proving ourselves more and more that the hybrid model really is going to be what's here to say, right? Yeah, I think so. And interesting, I think – there's some now really great studies that are starting to come to light of the predictions for the kind of at home to gym ratio of what we're predicting consumers to, to, to be able to do. And you're exactly right, right? It's that hybrid approach, whereas I believe the, the numbers we're playing around with is like a 60-40, 60% at gyms, 40% at home. And then slowly but surely, as perhaps technology becomes more and more integrated with not only just the data, right? It's becoming integrated with the consumer's lifestyle. It's leveraging technology to meet consumers where they are. Yes. The more that that becomes available, more accessible to the masses, then we're going to see this really perfect transition over to becoming more at home, for lack of better words, at home, on the on demand, on the go, um, at like 75% and then 25% at gym. But even that in itself proves that consumers want to be flexible. They want to not always be funneled to one type of solution. Yeah. The gym is no longer the hub and the spoke, right? The consumer is. The consumer is. And I, I think really that kind of 
that's the important message here. What does the consumer ultimately want? What are they telling everybody? We can make predictions, but if we don't listen to them, if we don't watch them, if we don't become like a scientist and observe them and sit back and go, what, what do these people really want? What are they responding to? Then we will continue to miss this target, this holy grail that we're you know seeking after, right? I, I think also, um, I, I think the personalization part of fitness is going to be where the money's at as well. If you can personalize the experience where it's what you need or what I need or what the person next to you needs very specifically instead of a one size fits all kind of thing, then, then that I think is where the success is as well, at least in the future. So it'll be interesting to see all all the technologies and all the companies out there, not just, not just vivid motion, but like my competitors and, um, kind of, uh, parallel companies to see what they're solving for and where it all, where it all heads and where it all merges. Some of it might merge together too. So this is pretty cool. Oh yeah. And I love the excitement and enthusiasm that you have too for the evolution of this industry because you're right. It's, it's definitely evolving, but you bring up an interesting point, right? The customer is gotta be the main theme it's gotta be at the core they their needs their desires they're looking for that needs to be what everybody's thinking of so with that in mind you know flipping it on the other side for the consumer perspective what would you encourage for them to consider when it comes to engaging in at home slash hybrid fitness routines placing ultimately safety and optimal movement in mind well there's uh there's a few pieces of advice i have for the consumer so first of all, this was always a question I would get, even as, as a PT in the clinic, oh, what should I do? What's safe? Can I do this? And um, whether it's a connected device or it's a streaming service or it's a streaming service that has sensor-based technology weights that you can purchase, whatever it is, first and foremost, you've got to find something that brings joy to you. If you don't find a, a, a movement method that is interesting to you, you will fail. You won't be engaged. So if you're not sure what that is, then the first thing you want to look for is variety. Uh, a platform that offers a lot of different content and different styles uh, of things and people from different experiences and, and go for the quality of that content. It, are these experienced trainers, are, 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 do they have the track record to really um, show you what to do? Do they know how to modify things? Um, it, it, yes, there's the personality and the motivation element to it as well, but really seek out the quality first and then it, and try things out, right? So, oh, uh, I'll try bar method or I'll try, oh, I've never done a Pilates class. Maybe I should try that or I'll do a mobility class. What is that? Uh, really be open to other things and, and then you'll start to find what it is that brings you joy and will get you connected so that you'll want to kind of come back. Um, and then really make sure, like if it's equipment stuff, if you're not sure how to use the equipment and you're still not sure when you're using um, you're, you're using the, uh, streaming platform or whatever it is that you're using, whether it's YouTube and you're doing it for free or you're streaming it from Peloton or what, whatever it is, if you're still not sure, 
you know, this is the whole meat of my, my company, right? So like, we want to look at your form and tell you what you're doing and help you feel safe and improve your performance. This is the meat of what it is that we're doing for the end user, right? That, that is a developing technology, right? So until then, what you have to do is you have to go to the experts. You might have to call an expert up and go, I need help. I need you to watch my form. Not a really scalable thing, right? So for the for the person at home, or it might not be affordable for somebody at home. It might be expensive to to reach out to a trainer. It might cost them $100, $150 an hour, depending on where you live. In some cases, it's less, just you know, cost of living, depending on where you live. Um, that might not be uh, a thing that you can afford. So then the risk becomes higher, right? So be on the lookout for technology that can help you with injury prevention, can help you with form, can give you some type of feedback um, if, you, if you need that extra level of assistance. So, um, and just be curious and have fun, right? You need to have fun. I think you do. <laughs> oh, that last point is so important yeah. too because – we're trying. We're all trying to figure out the best way to make fitness fun, and instead of being this like just really hard task that people have to do at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all trying to just become healthier humans so that we can live the rest of our lives. Yeah, it's about how does it make you feel on the inside. Go with that, right? Don't go with like, does it make me look thinner? Does it make me do that? like? Don't worry about that. Worry about like, what does it do for? everything. How do you feel about yourself? Does it make you, does it reduce your stress? Does it make you feel high? You know, like, oh, I, wow, I just feel amazing and, and I feel good. And I, I don't care if my pants are a little tight right now. That is where the money is, right? So if you can feel really good about yourself, then, then I think, then, then you're, you're winning. Mm. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, so still thinking along the lines of the consumer, um, thinking about also too the the kind of focus group that Vivid Motion focuses on. In addition to fitness and injury prevention, there's also this really interesting sports medicine space that you also provide. And the athlete and the sports side is incredibly intriguing. And I, it could be just me being biased too, because I also love the space. Yeah. <laughs> but in your perspective, how have you seen technology play a role in the overall development for athletic performance or athletic recovery? Oh, this is a really exciting area of development. There's a lot happening in this space from, uh, you know, the same space I'm in with motion capture, but really sports specific. You've got companies like Mustard, that's just a pitching app and it's only baseball. And they look at like, they look at the whole windup and the body and they look at your hip angle, your shoulder angle. And it's very specific only for pitching in baseball. So you've got that level of specificity happening and, and, and using a mobile device, right? So this is where we're not setting up multiple cameras using computer, using a really expensive system that costs a coach thousands and thousands of dollars. Instead, it's a mobile app that might cost them, you know, a yearly subscription fee or a monthly subscription fee. And then, um, You've got other wearable devices that are looking at recovery methods and different types of recovery methods. They're looking at the speed at which you're lifting. Like they're able to measure incredible things now from like a very simple wearable device 
all of this stuff coming out of the athletic training world. And it's quite exciting to see where it's all headed. Really, it's data driven. We're getting so much more data in terms of sports medicine and where where the sweet spot is for each individual. So it does personalize the experience because you've got, you know, you've got, you might have two cross country runners, right? Competing against each other in a race, but what they need individually in order to maximize their performance might be very different. One may need like more sleep or more myofascial release. Another one might need more mobility work. Another one might need more strength training work. And this is very different than when I was a competitive athlete in high school. We were just basically told, go run. Just go run, run as much as you can. And that was it. I, we didn't even have other exercises we did. I think we did some kind of little warm up at the beginning, but I just went for mileage and, and lots of miles. I ran many, many miles in high school and in college and post-college, but I didn't know about strength training and all this cross training stuff until much later. And I didn't know that, oh, I could fix my knee injury from doing hip exercises. Like the whole world of sports medicine is dramatically different. And it's, it's, I feel like we're just starting to figure some of this stuff out. And I, I, I'm excited to see where it, where it goes next, because there's neuroscience that can be incorporated. There is behavioral science and, um, and psychology elements that can be woven into all of this. And it's really, it's going to be really cool to see what happens with all of this in the future. So uh, another exciting space. Yeah, and I think it kind of comes full circle to to just your overall prediction for how science and technology and movement can ultimately be integrated on behalf or for the betterment of the consumer. And it comes down to the personalization. I did while you're while you're uh, explaining your own personal experiences uh, in the sports world. I'm going back in my lacrosse days, and I'm thinking, my goodness. It didn't matter what position our team played, uh, how experienced you were, anything. We were all doing the same exact thing. We were all just told to run. We were all told to lift the same weights, to perform the same exercises. Yeah. But you're exactly right. It comes down to the personalization. That's how we're going to become not only better athletes, um, but just better humans, right? Better movement and, and optimizing human performance. Would you agree? Yeah, I think even, uh, you know, they call it biohacking, right? Or we're trying to biohack and find like, how can we live better uh, as we age? I mean, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Like for me, I'm 49 years old as of next week. And I I feel like I'm 30, 35. I feel great. And I feel like I've got a lot of energy and my body is doing me proud and my mind is doing me proud. And i I feel young and I feel like I still have a very long, long life ahead of me, which that's exciting. I mean, at 49, I get to say that. That's pretty incredible. So it speaks to where we are in, in, in terms of health and wellness. And I, I think it, a lot of people are following suit that way. You see other cultures. I mean, I, I live um, part time. I live in Europe and part time I'm in the United States. Right. So I, I see I see a broader spectrum of health and wellness and what that looks like in different cultures. So uh, it, it, that is interesting. And I also see how healthcare systems work in, in these different cultures and um, how people experience wellness. So it, it's, it's fascinating to me because it's this 
experiment that I get to see and, and observe um, from more of a global scale, which is very, very cool, a very unique experience that I get to kind of weave into my professional experience. Oh, yes. And it actually reminds me of how you started to craft your own internal methodologies about human performance and human movement. You studied so many different types of methodologies, right? And you're actively learning different types of cultures and different types of thought processes. And I think that just ultimately lends a more well-rounded perspective. So um, let's talk about Vivimotion. We haven't really talked about it that much. What's what's going on with Vivimotion and what can we expect from yourself and your team? Vivimotion is an enhanced fitness operating system. So what we are, we're a white label solution. We integrate back end and streaming fitness platforms, connected devices, brick and mortar, gym situations. We're even looking at applications into events, live events, whether it's a sporting event or a conference that has you know movement associated with it. And what our technology really does is we use the, the camera off of your computer or your phone or laptop or your connected device. So like your mirrors or your tunnels or, or your Pelotons, we use that camera technology and we do motion capture. And then we use a lot of fancy math and a lot of crazy physics behind the scenes to analyze how you're moving look at movement dysfunctions and movement patterns. So what are you doing from a whole global body perspective that's off from, uh, from my background, right? So from the PT perspective, what are we seeing? Where is the movement dysfunction happening? We're looking at what the spine does. Not very many people uh, are able to do that. So we're looking at spine segmentation and, and the movement of the spine specifically. We do all of this without calibration. You just press and go and it's able to start looking at your movement and analyzing it. And we want to be agnostic to movement. So meaning like, we don't want to just specialize in yoga. We want to specialize in all movement methodologies. We want to be able to look at you doing yoga or kickboxing or playing football or running on a treadmill. We want to capture all of that using a very simple device called your, your smartphone, right? So not having to put sensors on, not having to do all this wearable stuff. Now, it, we don't want to negate the wearables, we think we can integrate all of this information. And of course, we're looking at all of that. But we really want to be like the Oracle and the software behind the scenes. We want to take all that awesome content that's out there and we want to make it intelligent. We want to make it smart. And we want people at home really to be able to have a very personalized experience and feel safe doing the things that they're curious about or that they know that they love to do, but, oh, I always get the shoulder injury when I do this yoga class. Okay, well, why? We're going to be able to help them find out the why. And that, to me, is really exciting. So it's a, it's kind of like the ultimate digital personal trainer slash PT that's in your living room. I mean, how cool is that? Oh, that is incredibly exciting. And I think it really comes full circle to what you're passionate about, optimizing human movement in the best, best way. And by providing this additional resource to help support those two who are going through at home, these hybrid solutions, safety, injury prevention, it has to be top of mind. And it's important that we have something just like Vivid Motion to be able to make sure that we are doing things correctly, right? And that we're yeah. doing things in the most effective manner so that 
we can continue to become a healthier human. So thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm excited about it. Cool. Well, a final question for you. If you could give advice to a young woman that is desiring to be a future entrepreneur or executive, what would you share with them? Uh, a lot, actually. <laughs> um, I, I say, number one, be really curious and ask a lot of questions and be humble and be, be humble and nice and listen and network and network and network. Build your network. It is so critical. And surround yourself with really smart people. Don't be scared to ask questions. Don't be scared to ask for clarity. And um, there's a couple other things. You've got to be, as an entrepreneur, you really have to get comfortable living way outside your comfort zone. And you hear that a lot, but when you're living it on a daily basis, and you accept it and you really truly embody it, it's a very liberating experience and it will transform who you are. And I think the last piece of advice for me is you're going to hear a lot of no's. Yeah, it's normal. Um, I like hearing the no's because the no's are motivation for me. It's an opportunity to prove somebody wrong. And you get to go back and go, you're wrong. And I can't wait to do that. So don't be scared of the no. Let it fuel your fire. And, and the rest will come. And trust your gut. Your gut is usually right. Amazing. Well, thank you, Paula, for your time. And as mentioned, make sure to check out Vivimotion, the platform merging artificial intelligence, machine learning, and motion capture technology with sports medicine, fitness, and injury prevention. Looking to hear more about what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast, and we'll catch you next time on The Drift.